0: I want us to just put our differences aside, get a godly conviction within our heart, and come together, and just be godly people and love one another. That is my goal. And that's really all it takes.
1: That's Kiara Tate Henderson. She wrote a piece for So God Made a Mother called As a Mom of Four Black Sons, This is What I Pray. She's going to tell us about that prayer today, and we're going to have some honest conversation about racism. What should you do when you see it in your life, or maybe even around your holiday table? It's a hard conversation, but an important one. Episode 9 of the So God Made a Mother podcast starts now. (music)
2: My friends, we are thrilled to have the lovely Kiara Tate Henderson with us today. Hi, Kiara. I feel feel like we need a, a clap. I know, Carolyn, get on that. Hi, Hi Kira. Yeah, we can we can find a little applause because here's
1: Kiara. Oh my goodness, Kira is
2: yeah How beautiful. You we yeah. we found her on Beloved Mama. Hey, Beloved Mama. And you are a beautiful writer. Thank you for letting us publish your gorgeous words. And she is a mama of four handsome boys and a wife. And she also wrote a piece in So God Made a Mother. I
1: always enjoy reading Kira's words, whether it's on social media or in the book or anything. You just have a beautiful way with words. So really glad that you share them with us.
0: So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I love y'all so much. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: Is there anything else we missed in your introduction, Kira? Any other, what do we need to know about you?
0: Other than my trophy husband, you already (laughs) was a husband. (laughs) but Carolyn Dean as the trophy. Husband. I love I, him.
1: Yes, Paul, he is amazing. I we got to sit and chat when we were together in April. Yes, and he is a trophy husband. He,
0: I bought him because of you. I bought him a shirt that says "trophy husband." <laughs> I love it.
1: Big trophy. <laughs> he is wonderful, which is no surprise because you are too. So just a beautiful family. Yes, and I enjoy <laughs> him too. <so. laughs> So Kira wrote a piece for us for So God Made a Mother that I think we're going to have you read um, a section of it for us just to kind of set up what we've got uh, planned with you today. So she wrote a piece called As a Mom of Four Black Sons, This is What I Pray. And she has a real beautiful prayer in there that I think we're just going to have you read that part if you would for us, Kira.
0: Okay. I need some tissues. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's perfectly fine. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. So. As a mom of four black sons, this is what I pray. Lord, protect my boys and my husband. Bring them home safely. Please give them the wisdom about how to speak to those in authority. Father, don't let any man be afraid of them and don't let them be afraid of any man. Let them walk in power, love, and a sound mind. Let your justice work on their behalf and everything they do. Lord, I pray they will always be bold and never shrink to make others feel comfortable. I pray that they will not conform to any culture in order to be deemed safe and acceptable. Give them the sense of liberty that allows them to be exactly who you created them to be. Lord, if I look at the world as it is, the odds are stacked against them, but I pray their gifts will make room for them I pray you will open doors for them that no one can close. I pray they will ooh, <laughs> I pray they will receive compassion and understanding and their challenges and not be labeled, stigmatized, or mistreated because of them. And God, if my sons are ever truly wrong, have mercy. Don't let others rejoice in their wrongdoings. Let them forgive and be forgiven. I pray my boys will believe they are beautiful and intentional masterpieces who bear your image. Remind them they are princes and heirs to your kingdom. Lord, let them live to live out all their days. Let them live to create a godly legacy. Let them live to be loving husbands, fathers, and grandfathers. Thank you for letting them live so that they can accomplish your perfect plan. And I pray they will love as you do, no matter what. In Jesus name. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you for that. This is tough, Kira. And I just need to let you know how grateful we are for you and for your story, for being brave enough to share it with us. It's truly an honor. It's an honor to publish your words in the book and on the website where do we start with this because this is a hard hard topic and you know just when I think that the world is getting better sometimes I'm I'm not sure it is what do we do where do we start
0: you know I wrote this prayer and thank you so much for giving me just a voice in all of this and and thank you for asking where did we start because it seemed like we're starting over. Because <laughs> It feels yes. like, to me, it feels like it was a false start. And it's like we started and then we kind of dropped the ball. Um, and so I wrote this prayer because I know that it is my faith alone that can um, secure the future that we have in mind for our boys. So it's kind of like taking personal responsibility, that if no one else comes around us, then, you know, it's us and God, and then, you know, we'll be okay. But they say two is better than one. <laughs> 3 <Three-fourth>, is <laughs> are easily broken. And I really think that I know the work starts on the inside. And so I really think that when we start, we just need to start with God in our heart and examining our own hearts and seeing, like, why are we like this? What, you know, what are we believing? Or, you know, just checking those things. And I really believe that it's an inner work that that's where it starts.
1: What I love so much about, about this piece, especially, and I know I've read a lot of things that you've written, but you are talking to mothers because we are life givers. Yeah. We are the nurturers, the givers, and in some ways speaking mother to mother. Yeah. Like, is that where it starts? You know, like, I mean, there's so much noise out there, but when the mothers get together and really listen to each other, which I know that's why, I mean, your beloved mama, why do you think that is so effective or why did you do it that way? Because I feel like you do that a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Talking to mother to mother. And what is it that
0: drives that? You know, it was, um, okay. So when we go back to 2020 and then the, the most. I guess, heart piercing thing about what happened to George Floyd was his cry for his mother. Mm-hmm. And I really, it's 2023, and I think a lot of us have forgotten that cry. And it was something that we all answer to. Like when you hear someone crying in desperation for their mother, and it was the moment where no matter what kind of mother, you, no matter where you were, if you had a child or if you had experienced motherhood, you felt the burden to answer that. And so I think that something comes on in us moms that we're not only going to take care of our babies. If we see a baby running out in the street, we're going to all reach out. And- it's that <laughs> and-
2: mama bear piece of us, mm-hmm, yes. right? Mm-hmm. That at yes. the core of it, we understand and will protect because you hope that mother will do the same for exactly. your babies in that situation.
0: Exactly. And so it was a moment where all mothers were like, what can I do? Well, like, how can I answer this in? Um, it, One of the things God put on my heart was for us moms to work in our hearts in our homes, training the next generation and in our places, of influence or, you know, or in our environment. So in our hearts, our homes, in our places of influence. So if you're a leader in the church or you're a manager at a grocery store, like wherever you have a voice, that's where you speak from the conviction that God has already worked out in your heart. So it starts with you, and then as mothers, we teach, you know, we nurture, and we nurture our children to, to be godly, to do the right thing, to have good character, and to treat others as we want to be treated. And so when we do that in ourselves, we teach it at home, and then what we do at home spills out outside of our homes where we have our voice. So that's what I believe as as moms like how we can connect cuz we all have those places. We have one, two, we have us, our homes and then whatever other thing that we're doing.
2: I love that hearts, homes and places of influence. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's mm-hmm. I I wrote that down, Kira. Mm-hmm. I love I love that. That's beautiful. How do you do how do you do that yeah. because it's you want to model that behavior for your children. But you know not everybody does. Yes.
0: <laughs> how, do
2: yeah. we, how, do we, how do we properly say that in today's dating? <laughs> so how do we, how do we do that as mothers when we're, when we're out and about? And you know, if we see it, if we know that mm-hmm. there is racism happening in our communities, and I hope it's okay that I'm asking you this because sometimes I feel like the burden is put on your shoulders. I know we've had this conversation before. of Am I supposed to be asking you or or mm-hmm. we need to do the work ourselves to figure it out? But what are those, what are those first steps? I think when we see racism in our community, because I believe it's obviously still there.
0: Yes. Okay. So what are the first steps? It's easy to protest. I'm be honest. Like it's easy because you feel like it's, um, you feel like you've done something, but you didn't really do anything. You kind of showed up to an event. Right. And then so, you, <laughs> you grabbed a taco and you went home. Like, are you <laughs> making a difference? Right. Yeah, it's like sometimes we do things for our own conscious and, yes. exactly, and not to actually make mm-hmm. progress. And so like the progress is like, this is a marathon. Everybody kind of did a first leg of a relay race, but then it was just like, okay, like we re- drop the baton. And I really believe that the baton goes to the next generation. So, okay, so what do you do when you see something? Okay, so this is what I le- believe, okay? So Beloved Mama is written for the generational curse breakers. And I believe that racism is a generational curse and that it can be passed down from one generation to the next, to the next. And us moms, us, I feel like in our generation, we're standing at a point where we have to decide, are we gonna break this? Or are we gonna let it continue? If you see racism, so for example, if you've done the work in your heart, I know this is a, a little bit, Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go around and I'm gonna come back. So in your prayer, so I, I really believe that God is giving me a heart for you white mamas, because I feel like you have it. You have your arms out. Like, oh. like help Leslie. We're going to give her a, <laughs> come, come and give us a, come and give us a hug. <laughs> arms out. You know, when somebody has a high five and you don't get it. <laughs> like God is like, I love you. you? Thank you. It's
1: like, I got you girl.
0: I got (laughs) to go to Omaha, you got to go to the middle of Nebraska and give (laughs) Leslie a hug. (laughs) Yeah, somebody please hug me. I want to do something. I want to comfort somebody. And we can't leave your arms empty because your heart is pure and you want to. Okay, so we got to break the generational curse of racism. We have to denounce racism. It was coming out for your grant. You know, a lot of, we got a lot of generational things coming through in this country. We see it, denounce it. You know, say, I don't want any part of it. Um, This is not my heritage. This is not my legacy. And then speak God's word in place of that. So you just say, you know what? You tell that generational, um, that that spirit of racism to leave you, your family, and your bloodline. And then now you stand at the point kind of like Moses's where you're like, you know what? Now I'm gonna lead my people into a new land. And so we're taking the next generation into a freedom mindset where we're not looking at, um, we're not looking or esteeming ourselves more highly than we ought to, or even participating in the benefit of racism, but not actively participating in it. So with that perspective, it's going to be, or with anything, it's going to be kind of difficult when you're the one who's changed you're trying to change the next generation, but the last generation has not changed. So now yeah. when you're at Thanksgiving. Oh and my oh, gosh, that's
2: what I was going to say. And then they say <laughs> something at Thanksgiving and you're and like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't just hear what I, what I heard, but I, yeah, I did. I got to go get more potatoes.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? it's, it's, you know what? You got to be confrontational. Yep. And it's just like, we yeah. have to say, you know what? We got to turn around and say, I, I am not a person of conflict. But once I enlist in the fight, I'm just going to go ahead and buck it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, just getting that, um, just getting that heart of, you know what, I'm going to fight. This is going to be uncomfortable. But if Uncle Joe or my father or my mother is saying racist things, I'm going to address it because Jesus did. He always, you know, the the Samaritan woman at the well, Mm -hmm. you know, she was, they were from a people who the Jews did not like, and Jesus was a Jew. And. She was like, well, you know, what are you asking me for something to drink for a year to do? You don't, you know, you don't talk to us. And he was like, woman, give me some water. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then he told her, you know, so he was coming from really your position and he was opening his arm to say, you know, I'm here, you know, I have something to offer. And Jesus was very confrontational at the right moments. So when you bring up that confrontation with, you know, with your parents or your uncle or whoever, you are an example to your children watching Mm -hmm. and say, you know, this is very uncomfortable, but you know that you fought for the right thing. And your children have an example and they see that you put something on the line. And even if you have to go home, they know that you did it for the right thing. And I feel like the The consequence of that is that I have to leave my family for what is right versus suffer in silence. You'll feel so much better about what you did with like the fallout of doing the right thing versus the peace of remaining quiet and letting what's wrong be loud. Hmm.
1: That point you made about your children are watching and listening to you when you don't even realize it. And sometimes those moments are the most powerful and the most lasting moments for them. So that's a that's a really great reminder that yeah. even when it's uncomfortable, especially when it's uncomfortable, that is a moment when your kids will file that away. And remember I know that.
2: that like got me. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. just the thought of them seeing that and then knowing how they should treat people. Because words are are one thing. But actions take it to a whole other level. So actually seeing you say that, that is powerful.
0: You know, in the South, we have more of a, well, I'm not in the South anymore, but there's more <laughs> of a passive aggressive type mm. of thing where it's just like, well, you know, um, you know, I don't know what you expected because those people don't really do X, Y, and Z anyway. And it's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like a, a very passive, well- <laughs> I need to pull out my, have you ever taken the Enneagram? People
2: have thoughts in the, I love the Enneagram, but I am like a strong eight and an eight. I'm like an eight, nine. So an eight just like says it how it is. And then that nine is like, oh, but I want to love everyone. So I kind (laughs) of teeter back and forth between that, but I need to just like get that, you know, inner eight and just. mm. Bring blurt it out.
0: Confrontation, and, your, like your Christ-like confrontation. Yeah.
2: Yes. I love, I love that you brought up that
1: example of the woman at the well, because sometimes it sounds like it sounds terrifying and it is scary to ever have to have any kind of confrontation over anything. But I love that you, you said that Jesus spoke up when he, he spoke up out of love, because that sometimes is the right thing to do rather yeah. than just turn around and go past the potatoes or something <laughs> like that. It's so important for the generations, kids are so inherently just, I think they're kind of kind to each other when they're young like that, you know, I, and I then think
2: they're better than us so far, do, so far. I it do. seems like, cause I have a 15 year old and a 13 year old and they're they're I, I'm impressed. I'm, I think they're going to do better. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. It's the adults right now, right. That are just mm-hmm. still not, I'm, I'm hopeful that the next generation will be, will be better than us. Mm-hmm.
1: How do you talk about it in your own family, Kiara, with your own voice?
0: You know, I, I kind of try to, it's, it's one of those things because when the whole, when it, oh, the whole thing blew up, we had to have like, we had to force conversations that we probably wouldn't have had. So I try to um, Paul and I try to just kind of protect their image and, You know, I know there's different thought processes on how to deal with this. For us and our family, we just kind of let them live. And, you know, I don't want them growing up with the idea that there is racism, um, that there could be a moment. Um, Maybe when PJ starts driving, there are conversations that we have to have. But for now, he is a ten-year-old boy, and I just want him to develop a godly self-image. Without it's like the knowledge of good and evil. Like I hate that, you know. God forbid, because if it was if Adam and Eve, if it wasn't Eve, it would have been me. (laughs) And y'all have been Adam. You
1: should you should put that on a pillow somewhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have been you? It's. So, but I hate that we know good from bad or I, I, you know, I wonder what yeah. it'd be like to have that childlike innocence. So at this point we're kinda letting them not have knowledge of good and evil unless it's absolutely necessary to protect their confidence and their esteem. But when they get older, um, there are conversations. Okay, so um, PJs came from the, P- the King Center down in Atlanta. And there weren't conversations about racism so historically he's learning about it and he's learning the history of it we haven't necessarily taught him about like if he hasn't experienced racism i don't want to introduce it to him
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i know i know i think the black community is probably 50 50 on that because mm-hmm. they're um i have family members who are very proactive in saying this is what's going on this is you know How you have to deal with it. And you know, that works for our family, for their family. But for us, we just choose to build them up and say, you know what, you're made in the image of God. Period. And, you know, we kind of take in situations as they come. And you know, you can kind of, you can kind of predict certain situations where, you know, if he was in a mostly white school and he's becoming of age. Then we would say, okay, you know, we're going to have some conversations proactively. But right now he's not in any of those situations. So we just kind of take it case by case, situation by situation, and kind of predict. But definitely when he starts driving.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What is your hope for 2024 as we head into this new year?
0: I really hope, and I, I think this is where I would cry. There's a whole lot of words (laughs) spinning in my head. Okay, my hope for 2024 is that we go back to the place that we were and there was an emotional thing about what happened in 2020. But I would love to see unity in our communities and actual interchange from our hearts. I want to see mothers stand up and say, you know what, not just protest, you know, in the streets like so many did for so many, you know, for months, but just, you know, make protests in their hearts and say, when this thing rises up against me, I'm going to protest it. I'm going to protest it in prayer. I'm going to renounce, you know, on every every side because there's anger coming from my community to yours. And I want to see a renouncing of anger, a renouncing of self-righteousness from blacks and whites. I want to see an esteem for what God wants. And um, I want to see our communities deny the things that has kept us apart and, you know, chuck those away and really grab hold on the same mission with pure hearts so that we can come together so that our children won't live in the world. Where for your family, where they see Uncle Joe or Aunt Sue say something racist and no one says anything. Or in my case, where they may see their uncle go to the grocery store and come back and say, you know, this happened to me. Or for my people to even be under the thumb of racism or to be, you know, to feel like, You know, we can't come out. I want us to just put our differences aside, get a godly conviction within our heart and come together and just be godly people and love one another. That is my goal. And that's really all it takes. Seems simple enough, doesn't it? It's so simple.
1: And it starts, like you said, first in your heart and in your your own four walls. So often I feel like we look at, any issue or any conflict going on and think I'm just this one person and it feels like maybe if I'm going to accomplish anything I have to do something grand and big and huge but in my own four walls is where I have the most influence yes and the most opportunity so to start there that's I'm really glad you made that point because I think that is so powerful because you have so many eyes watching you and that is where you are at rest. And that is where you are yourself. Yeah. So if that, if we start there, I, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, what, what? I don't understand why everyone's so fighting about, you know, cause I know. I'm like, I, I just <laughs> like you, I love you, Kira, you know? And, and yet I, I understand that this is, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Yeah. And there's always, there's always work to be done. So thank you for speaking
2: up and for challenging us. I'm going to write this down in your hearts, in your homes, in your places of influence. I love I love this. that.
0: That is what y'all are doing. And I appreciate you for it. Thank you for giving, for amplifying my voice. I've really, you have just given me every opportunity. And this is like, y'all are doing it. You have used your influence to just, I don't know, you're, you it's always like preaching to the choir y'all are doing it you're doing it The I, mean, I am a movement would not have been god used you really even from the like i had a little graphic and then i think it was i can't remember who it was he said we need a picture and i had a picture and then the, the two of those collided and there was a community that god drew because you meant your hand in what you had. So I thank you so much. I really do.
2: It's, I always have to say it's, you know, we always tell you, we say, tell everybody it's bigger than us. Cause I, I would have, I would have failed a heck of a long time ago. <laughs> God mm-hmm. didn't have his hand in this hundred mm-hmm. percent. I have no doubts of that. No doubts that this is bigger than us. And God has a, a plan for all of this. So I'm, I'm so grateful for this conversation. And I know we'll Thank have you, you back because you're just gonna we're you're you're stuck with us forever. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know you were getting stuck with us,
0: but you're stuck oh, with it's us. A now. Good, I like it. <laughs> Let's get Feel
2: you back me. to Nebraska.
0: <laughs> I know I was like, you went all the way out there in the middle of like I never would have thought in a million years I would be <laughs>
2: booking a flight to Nebraska. She, so guys, we should tell you, we had a big uh, book launch party in April in Omaha. And so all the right, so many of the writers came and it was just the most fun. I loved seeing you guys in, in the middle was, of Nebraska. It was great. It was
1: such an unbelievable, just, I, I, it's so hard to describe the melting pot that was going on. I know. With-
2: you it know. was so it was pouring that night. There were those storms, and I walked back to my car in this dress with like pink feathers on, and I was just soaked. And I was like, "What just happened?" I was like in a a whole different like world at that moment, How and nice. so grateful, so grateful yeah. for this. It's so it's so cool that we, you know, the internet is a lot, but also the fact that we all get to meet and talk to each other is also incredible. And so it's, I'm I'm thankful for it.
0: I'm thankful for and you. I just- I'm thankful for you. Omaha is more than steaks. My (laughs) (laughs) My friends are in Omaha. (laughs) I love
2: it. We can follow you. We're going to put in the show notes where everybody can follow you, but hey, Beloved Mama, right? Yes, and BelovedMama.com. BelovedMama.com. We're going to link that in there so you guys can
1: can find her there. Yeah. And check her out in the book. And so God made a mother. We just appreciate you so much, Kira. And I'm so glad to
2: count you as a friend.
0: Thank you for
2: having me. All right, Carolyn, until next time, remember, the world needs your story.